0: Just a quick message from this week's sponsor, A to Z Wedding Services. A to Z Wedding Services have been in the wedding industry for over 20 years. They've won multiple awards for their DJ service, and they can also offer you MC, photography, and videography. So please, if you're looking for a personalized experience for your wedding day, contact A to Z Wedding Services, www.azweddingservices.com.au. Hi guys, welcome back. Today we're joined by my Dakota Journey's first ever guest, Brenton Spatiri. I've known Brenton for many years and we have worked alongside each other at a few weddings along the way. He even shot our family's portraits a couple of years ago. Brenton is a talented photographer and runs a very successful studio called the Wedding and Portrait Studio here in Melbourne. He has recently taken a massive leap by purchasing a wedding venue. Today, we will hear where Brenton comes from, what drives him, and the adversity he has faced in his life and business along the way. And at some point, I'm sure we will address the fucked up COVID-19 issues happening right now. This guy's enthusiasm and will to move and change with situations will leave you inspired. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Brenton, how are you going?
1: Hey, man, how are you?
0: Good,
2: good. So, Brenton, um, as I said in the intro, you're a photographer, you run a successful photography studio. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you grew up, about yourself, and how you got into the photography business?
1: Cool. So, I grew up in Melbourne, um, in the western suburbs, um, and my background uh, was always hospitality. Like most of my family, uh, working in nightclubs and, and pubs, um, went into working in gaming venues and started photography on the side as a kind of side hustle. And eventually it got to a point where I was being pulled between doing photography, something I was passionate about, um, and keeping with my safe job of hospitality, running hotels for the AOH group. Um, and it got to a point where my manager just said, Brenton, I can see you push and pull between both um, and you have two options. You know, it's time to finish up and uh, go and chase dream. If it doesn't work, you can come back and keep doing what you're doing, what you, which is a safety net of getting an income. And yeah, so I decided to take the plunge, uh, handed in my resignation and started the photography journey. Moved back, moved back home with my parents to get started and uh, built a studio in their garage. Well, um, there you go, there's something you have in common with uh, Apple and Mattel and the likes. Another great business started in it. in a garage. Great work. So what happened was I I came home one day, let my parents know I'll be moving back in with them and decided that I was going to build a studio in their back garage. Um, yeah. They went off on a cruise, came back 14 days later and I had it completely decked out their the garage, that is a seven car garage. I decked um, a small portion of it out into being an actual photography studio. I wanted to create a space that still looked professional. Um, so it was all the touch and feels that made people go, okay, this guy is serious about what he's doing. Um, and I wanted to create a space that people thought, okay, this is not going to be your backyard photographer where it's going to be cheap. Um, although looking back now, when I look at my pricing, I was cheap. Uh, and it's also why when I got to a point where I was getting really busy, I was doing between 10 and nearly 20 photo shoots a week. It was absolutely crazy. Um, and that was all on my own. And I was really struggling because I was super cheap. Um, and as a result, I wasn't able to keep up with the demand. But <clears throat> at the time, I didn't realize that I had just decided um to not have a business coach, I decided not to do the sums properly. Um, And from there, it turned into kind of burnout. Um, And yeah, so I had moved out of home again to start the business and get to the next level. Um, And I also wanted to have a bigger space because I was getting uh, busy and I wanted to employ a staff and help with production as well. So from there, I moved uh, to Caroline Springs, which is where I am now, um, into a rental and started uh, started the studio again um in sort of different branding. I redid my logo, just little things again for touch yeah, points. Right. Um and within about six months I effectively went broke um and realized okay what I'm charging isn't enough to survive, pay the rent and insurances and also pay a staff member. Um, I then was introduced to a business coach. I then went and spoke to my parents and um, and explained to them that I was in a bit of shit and needed um, needed some cash, which is what we all do with our parents. Yeah. Um, they asked how much I needed. I told them I needed four thousand dollars to do coaching for the next six months. Um, they believed me, but it was actually four thousand dollars for the day to do to have a business coach in. <laughs> um, and two days later, I did a three thousand dollar sale. So it was definitely a good investment. Um, paid my parents back uh, two months later in full. Um, and that was where that started and um, continued from there. So um, I wasn't willing to give up on what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go back to the safety net of getting a, a job that I wasn't completely passionate about. And so, yeah, I was able to sit down and do the numbers and understand what it actually cost to run a business, insurances and everything, and also take a wage myself. Um, yeah. And from there, the business started to grow uh, from, you know, it ended up being Chantelle and myself, who was my first employee. To, I think at our peak, we had maybe eight or nine team members. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then over the years, I've moved from being in the rental, moved out of there into a studio that I'd purchased or a house. Um, and then I wasn't there for too long. Um, and then moved into a bigger studio, um, which is where I am now. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of, that's been the journey over the last, uh, it's been so on this T of April is actually 14 years since I started the business, which wow, is it's awesome. Yeah, I, I suppose. Um, and
2: out of, out of what, what you've just said, Brenton, a lot of people do have a side hustle that they do, and they all, you know, yeah, most people think about going full time with that. And I suppose, from your experience, what they can learn is maybe do your homework before you do that, know what you're going to charge, yeah. um, and know what products you're going to deliver doesn't matter what if you're doing photography or video or doesn't matter what it is, you know, you might be selling a product out of your garage. You still need to know what profit margins you're going to be making to run a successful business and be able to pay the bills and also pay yourself, which isn't the most important thing because in the end we're all here to, to, to live the life we want to live and, and to run a successful business. Um, exactly. So yeah. you, you mentioned that you realised that, um, you weren't charging enough. How did you realize that? Did you realize purely because the sums weren't adding up or did you have, uh, I suppose, a mentor within the industry, someone that pointed that out to you before you took
1: the coaching on? So, no, so um, I knew I wasn't really making any money, but when there was money, I would take maybe two or three grand out of the bank when there was money, but then for maybe another two or three weeks or sometimes a month at a time, When there wasn't cash, I wouldn't take a wage. And so um, a wedding photographer that I um, became friends with, she said to me, Brenton, you know, pay yourself until you go broke. And what I realized was instead of taking a lot when the money was there, take a small amount, I think it was about 400 bucks a week. But I did that in a way that made me go, okay, if I am consistently taking the same wage, There'll be more of an equilibrium with the the cash flow compared to taking money out when the money's there, and then thinking, "Holy shit, there's no money. I need to put money back in." And that helped me on that journey. But also, the biggest pivot for me was getting a business coach. Um, and there's so many out there to, to chat with, and you know, you want to have one that doesn't just say, "I'm a business coach and I know how to make money." It's got to be someone who's also been in their own business it doesn't need to effectively be in the wedding industry. It just, needs just someone who's gone through the shitty, of course. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of, and yeah, it's just, it's one of those, one of those things that you need to find someone that you also connect with well on a personal level, not just go, these guys have done really well. So I'll just connect and uh, I pay them, pay them yeah. money to help my business. I think it's important to sit down and work out what you want to achieve, what your own objectives are, and then go out and also write down your company values to then say, this is where I sit, what I'm looking for and then find someone who's um, has the same values as what you have. um, And also understands your pain points because everyone's different. um, And you want to have that support from someone who gets it. And has hopefully been there as well. Um, the, The biggest thing I say to people is when you look at, you know the franchise system of businesses. The reason they are a lot higher, a lot higher success rate compared to someone starting it in their own individual business is because it's tried and tested measures, um, and because they understand the 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 margins. They understand what they need to charge to make a profit. You know, often yeah. people go, "Cool, if I if I buy something for ten dollars and sell it for fifteen dollars, I've made a profit." But they forget take out the insurances, the work cover, um, super for staff. Um, everything that comes into play and that's where a lot of businesses, including myself have gone wrong for so long is that you need to make sure you understand what it actually costs to make make a profit. Um, And profit isn't that you get paid a wage. It's if you need to be able to take home what you get paid working somewhere else and then have enough of reinvestment then have enough for your insurances work cover and then enough to employ talent or team members down the track. So you've got to treat your business like you have team members, even if you don't and put the money away for when you do have the team and you have your shitty weeks or shitty months, then you're able to have that, that war chest there to be able to still keep them going um, through the peaks and troughs of business. Yeah. And and you mentioned um, the franchises and I suppose,
2: you know, franchise business has been successful. They have all their policies and procedures and, and all that stuff in <coughs> place. Whereas a lot of, yep. um, Small businesses or sole traders, they're working by trial and error. And they'll fuck things up big time before they yeah. realize that they need to fix it. And it's, you know, it's trial and error and learning from your mistakes. So yeah. that's why, yep. like, as you said, the franchises, it's a, you can get in there and, and I suppose make money pretty quickly, but um, yeah. you you don't have that total control over your business.
1: And that's, that's the hard thing for me. I'm, you know, I'll happily say that I'm a control freak. Um, and no, so I, me, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that in yeah. a minute, Brenton. So, for me, <laughs> there's you know, I think I would struggle having a franchise system. Um, even with my new business, there's it's not a franchise, but there's licensing there that you know, certain things I can't change. And obviously, it is something that I'm gonna have to just deal with. Um, to be able to yeah. understand what can and can't be done. Cool. Now, what sort of um, things or you may not do anything or you may do stuff
2: that you do to keep your yourself healthy, your mind healthy, um, keep yourself in a positive mindset. So what, what sort of things would you do on a daily, weekly, monthly
1: basis, let's say? Uh, so I try to exercise as much as possible. Ideally, I'd love to exercise every every day. I make sure that I do exercise three times a week um, yeah. for mindset. Uh, I meditate when I can. Um, I um lots of things um I travel um I travel when I can I not at the moment you can't travel at the moment you're not allowed to leave the country you can, you can still travel around your backyard and travel That's you know true. through the through the trees through the bushes
2: yeah, house. as long as you're um, not near anyone
1: it's all good exactly um what else do I do um I have a um I have a um, jacuzzi at home um to make sure that It gives me an ability to switch off as well. Um, The the biggest thing for me that um, a photographer, Natalie Howe in Sydney, did for me was uh, we were out for dinner one night at Crown in Melbourne and I had a call from a a wedding client at 9.30 at night and I just went, you've got to be kidding me. Why am I getting a call for a wedding that's in six months' time with a a question on a Sunday night? Um, And she changes settings on my phone. This was six years ago. Um, she changes settings on my phone that it turn, automatically turns to do not disturb at 7 o'clock at night which means yeah. that now I don't even see calls come through um, and that was a big thing for me was just to, just to actually turn off and say I need me time um, I also oh. try not to check emails after 5 o'clock in the afternoon because you're always going to get that shit email from someone either complaining or that's unhappy or want something resolved um, and if you get that at, when you're just about to knock off work, that's going to then play in your mind for the rest of the yeah, night.
0: And it's ruins you with and your night. Your family, home. your
1: partner, everything. So that's something that I try not to do um, is to not look at my emails after certain times. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And look, uh, working in the wedding industry, we've also,
2: you know, you get people emailing and ringing, like you said, on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock. Like, it's... <clears throat> It's hard. Like, do you answer that? Do you not answer that? And that's something you, you need to come into, um, I, suppose, I suppose, a, a discipline thing within yourself. Some people do, some people don't. So, But I like what I you did that- there. So no disruptions after 7 o'clock. So, you know, you can clear your mind and, and,
1: and make sure you're ready
2: to go for the next day.
1: Yeah, you've got to be able to switch off um, to a certain point. I'm not saying you need to switch off from doing your marketing or being creative if that's yeah. what you do. Like, I'm most creative at night. It's when I do my Facebook ads. It's when I do a lot of the creative side of things when I've got less distractions and I'm in kind of my zone or having maybe a couple of drinks and being creative. Um, but that's where it's also important then to say, cool, now's not the time for actual client interaction. This is all business development. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other thing we have is we have a, our phone system for work that it cuts off at, I think it's like 4.58. Um, and this has a, it just takes, you know, please leave a message or call back tomorrow, we're closed. you you've called outside of business hours. Um, for me, that was important because it, I don't even hear the phone ring. It just means that automatically because of the public holidays or out of business hours, it automatically tells the clients, these are our rules. If you really need us, send us an email or give us a call tomorrow. Because it That's sets it. the expectation. If you're calling, if you get a lead that comes through at 6 o'clock at night, you quickly make give them a call that says to them, it's okay for you to call me at 6 o'clock at night or 7 o'clock at night. So I think it's important to have your own boundaries, not step over those whenever possible, um, and then coach your clients into what the rules are um, so you've got that good balance.
2: Yeah. And you you mentioned marketing there, and you're a bit of a gun on social media, Brenton, with your marketing of your businesses um was that something you learned just through trying different things at different times or did you seek i suppose uh, coaching and learning and on, on how to do that
1: um a lot of it is trial and error so i'm not saying that i'm a, a professional at it i've just tried um tested um i'll watch youtube tutorials i've done um a couple of um seminar uh, workshops or seminars with um the digital picnic um who i'd highly recommend reaching out to the girls there um they're in i think Footscray Yarraville. uh i've done a few of their courses um i was referred to them by another photographer um i've done some um i've done some facebook marketing um training with karen ray um yeah, just different people. Mine's more, honestly, trial and error. There's no there's no right or wrong. Try it, see what works, because what works for one company may not work for yours. It's about understanding the the, the framework and then trying trying something and then going out and trying something else um, and just looking at the looking at the results, but also pulling your data. It's something I need to do more is pulling your data of analytics from your social media and seeing when your your great times are to, to post and advertise. Um, that's something that I'd encourage people to do that I personally need to do more often as well.
2: Yeah, awesome. Um, So, Brenton, you mentioned earlier that um, you've gone into a new business venture. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, how long you have been in that <coughs> business venture and what has happened since you went into that business? So, yeah, very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: So uh, I had an opportunity um, in May last year, I was offered to buy a business Um, and I was just about to go overseas, traveling for a few months, so I declined it, then had some time to think about it while I was traveling through Africa and had minimal minimal, uh, responsibility. Um, The more I thought about it, I knew it was a good idea. It was always my uh, objective in the next 10 years to actually move into an event space, um, it just came at the wrong time, I'd say. Um, but the more I thought about it, it was a great opportunity. So I went through the process to get the funding for it. Um, so five, six weeks ago, I purchased a wedding venue. Um, and uh, and uh, obviously...
2: I'll just interrupt, interrupt for either. a
1: second, Brenton. Um, so six <coughs> weeks ago, today's the 1st of April. So end of Feb. Is that right? It was the 14th. It was the 14th of February when settlement happened.
2: 2020.
1: Um, so yeah. If
2: anyone's listening in the future, go back and have a look what happened just after that time period. <laughs> yeah, so
1: we took over. Um, I've been marketing on the business since about December 1st, which has been helping. Um getting a ton of bookings, which has been really positive and um things are looking awesome. And then, obviously, with uh, the current health outbreak, um, we've lost. We've had to cancel and postpone bookings for the next six months, uh, which isn't isn't great. Um, and so, it just means that now I'm kind of looking at what is the next step that we can do to, in order to one, pay the rent, keep some of the staff employed, um, and not go bust. That I guess was would would be what I'm looking at at the moment. Being a brand new business. Um, It's obviously going to be a struggle for the next few months. Um, But yeah, we've had to develop a takeaway option. We looked at doing a restaurant, um, but then that was shut down, obviously, with what's going on. So yeah, we've gone to, we've created uh, the harvest, which is a way for us to sell takeaway food. We've got a lot of food here for functions upcoming um, and a lot of beer and wine that's been purchased for functions. So now we're using that as an opportunity to try to push sales to in order to keep the staff uh, employed um, and also pay the pay the rent as well. Um, and yeah, so I'm not using, I'm not looking at it as a negative. I'm using it as a great opportunity. We've been doing renovations here. Um, the venue itself, I just forgot to mention is a Witchmount estate winery. So it's 165 acres um, of, it's just a beautiful property with, massive uh uh, vineyards um there's three different um buildings on the property a huge opportunity for for us um and for other wedding vendors uh previously it was doing between one to two functions a month i'd say at its peak um in the last sort of few years uh we're looking to get up to between three and five functions a week um and that was happening so that was positive getting lots of conferences booked in we can seat up to 265 comfortably um, we're licensed at 300 so for conferences and things we can fit quite a few um, a space for open uh, sorry space for a huge marquee so i'm looking at it as an opportunity to say let's get um all the manual stuff that has been here previously let's start automating it while well, we've got no responsibilities of functions um, so that's at the moment I'm looking at as an opportunity of what we can do to, to be ready for the rebound. And that's where um, people that listen to this, I guess, straight away should be thinking instead of sitting on Facebook or or reading the news updates constantly, um, I would encourage you to sit back and go, what are what are the trends that are going to come out of this? Um, what are the opportunities for, for us in, in business? And what can we be ready for the rebound? Because I can tell you it's going to be extremely busy um and yeah it's going to be out of control like we've been we've never been so busy with our our inquiries for wedding um for weddings here um last yes. week we booked three yeah three functions here um so people are thinking okay people that have now had to reschedule their bookings for the next year or the end of the year means that people that thought i'll wait till easter i'll wait for christmas and then i'll book my wedding for next year and now really getting their ass in the gear and starting to book things early so that would be my thing is sit back Write down all of the trends. What's happening? Um, work out how you can start marketing now. Um, yeah, that's what yeah. I
2: I think um, your positive outlook on it is is amazing, Brenton. And like you said, if if you're sitting on your hands waiting for this thing to blow over, you're going to be screwed when it when you know runs released from home and we're allowed to go out again because you're going to be behind because there's people out there who are on the front foot like yourself, who are thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to get these people once they're out spending money again? And you need to do that to survive. And especially with us in the wedding industry, it's a saturated um, industry with a lot of suppliers across a lot of different levels. And I think um, the ones that will come out in the wash are the people that are, and the businesses that are preparing to get back to work and back to marketing and and getting their clients again. Um, So yeah, I think you're doing a great thing. It's very inspiring and keep up the great work and what you've done with the venue, what, you know, you've shown photos and stuff and you're freshening it up and making it look good. And it's, it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great success for you.
1: Yeah. Look, it's even idea Dave. one of the, one of the major things here is, There's amazing wedding venues in the area um, around where we are here in Plumpton. Um, Yeah, there is. We have a good name. We have a good name here and there's, there's good, there's a good area for weddings. We need to make sure that we um, we're ready for the rebound. And when we look at other venues in this area that are so heavily booked um, being really honest with you, I sat down and said, what are the opportunities that are going to come up for us is that there's so many venues that are going to be so, um, At capacity, that they may not be able to meet the clients' needs of rebooking, rebooking weddings and events, and therefore this could be an opportunity for us to actually one help the venues so they're not the people aren't disappointed, and if it means that we need to um, we are able to then take on bookings that it just doesn't work for them to wait twelve to twenty four months to have their booking have their wedding because they maybe they want a weekend, maybe some of those wedding venues are just so heavily booked that they just can't help and it's unfortunate but there's an opening for us to go look we actually don't have a lot of bookings um we can actually help those clients and provide a space that um is about the same price point as well as as the other venues so they're not really trying to needing to find money to step into a venue that might be too expensive for them we're about the same so there's a huge bonus there um the other thing i i um yeah i try to stay positive you know but there is also my, my shitty days that I have where I go, fuck, what have I done? This is going to hurt and I can lose. Because, you know, a lot of people said, oh, Brayton, you're really lucky to have done this. But I've put my house um, on, the, on the line to to buy this business. If this business doesn't work, I lose my house. And I worked really hard for what I've got, um, you know, to a point where I said, cool, that's cool. I'm selling my car at the moment. I'm selling a lot of things that are going to help provide my staff to stay employed as well. Um, so I think it's important to make sure that you do exercise you ask for help if you need support um, and it's okay to say, Hey, I'm not okay. That's a big thing for, I think people in the wedding okay. industry that maybe, you know, are trying to provide and feel like they've failed, but they haven't. We're all in the same predicament as well. And um, that's why I love, like there's a few, few people I've caught up with on zoom calls and had a couple of drinks tonight night and said, awesome. Let's, let's um, let's chat. Let's let's mingle. Cause it is isolating and um, isolating being on your own at home or whatever, where you can't go out. It's important to jump on and, um you know Shan from Aria Photography she's been a rock star with a lot of people where she's been getting on the phone and calling people checking how everyone is um and it's nice, especially for introverts where maybe they won't be willing to call everyone and ask and have a chat so I think it's important to think who do you know in the industry that is a quiet achiever who may not be willing to jump on the phone and just give them a call and have a chat to them as well the other thing that I'd say to people as well that I was thinking about the other day Dave is we all have our avatar or our our perfect client. And one of the comments I heard from someone in the industry was that for them, their ideal client, their clients have got at the moment are actually canceling because they're losing their jobs um, because money's become going to become an issue. And that's where I would encourage people to sit down and say, who was their avatar? Who did they have in the past and who do they now need to pivot and look towards? So if you'd write down your avatar, and say you know our avatar works in in marketing, or they work in hospitality, they work in car sales, all of the things that right now a lot of people are going to be out of work and struggling with cash flow and financially a bit you know a bit um, a bit scared to spend money on on big lavish events, and that's where I'd say to people sit down and work out who potentially could be your new avatar, or your new ideal client, and so for that you go who is currently employed healthcare workers teachers anyone in government um built a government jobs and that might need to be your new avatar that you need to look at what do they do where do they work what cars do they drive what where do they socialize what do they do and that could be who your new targeted ads are going to go to um through facebook or who you ask for or who you put out on facebook um because that those people are still going to be stay employed they're still going to be earning money and they're going to be the ones that keep the economy going so therefore you need to um or I'd encourage you to have a think about how you can attract those people instead of just attracting who you've always attracted, who may now have a void in the market because they're not willing to spend money at the moment. So that's kind of what I'd uh, I'd encourage. We're lucky with our photography business that our main people we attract are school teachers um, and um and healthcare workers is kind of who we get for mainly for photography. Um but in terms of our venue we've got to change things up to make sure that we stay current and we're still getting bookings.
2: Yeah. I think that's some great advice there, Brenton, because as he, you know, as you said, as, when as we come out of this situation, things are going to change dramatically. Um, yeah. You know, we, we all work hard and we all like nice things. And, you know, the girls like the nice handbags and the shoes and boys like the nice cars. And I think a lot of us have sat back and realized that that shit don't mean anything because yeah. we're stuck at home lot of it we're not our industry is being pulled out from under our feet and um all that stuff doesn't mean shit so as we move forward i I suppose people are going to change the way they live and and the way they (coughs) spend their money because of this so um yeah we need to be ready for that and ready to market to that as you said all right um so brenton i've loved this chat it's been really good and your positivity and, and your business sense is fantastic. I, I'd like to thank you for for coming along and being the first guest thank on you. the Coda Journey podcast. Um, hopefully some people out there that are listening will get, a, get some nuggets out of this and be able to move forward. So once again, thanks a lot for joining us and uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon.
0: Well, guys, thanks for listening. And thank you once again to Brenton. What an amazing story. The Diversity he has faced in his business a couple of times and to get through them. And I'm sure he'll get through this COVID-19 issues and come out on top. He's positive. He moves with the times. And he gets shit done. You've just got to get shit done. You can't sit on your hands, guys. So we need to get out there. If you've, if you've got goals, you need to set them higher. You need to get out there and do them. So once again, guys, thanks for listening. I've popped links to Brenton's photography business and his function business down in the moats. And also, please remember, follow My Kokoda Journey on Instagram and Facebook. And we hope you're back next time to listen again.